Hey there, welcome to Entree Hustle, a podcast about startups. I'm your host, Zach Kanarska. On this episode, our head hustler, Michael Drew, sits down with Tara Reed, the CEO of Collecto. Now, I have always loved art. Even more than that, I've loved the idea of being someone who loves art. I always watched White Collar, thought it was really cool that Neil always knew everything about every art piece, but it's always been intimidating. How could I ever be someone who collects it? How could I ever be someone who enjoys it, really? Because I don't understand. Tara's going to help you with that. So Collecto is a site um, and a web app that helps people become art collectors. Um, and when I say art collectors, I'm not talking about like really, really expensive $10,000 art. So what we do is we help young professionals, usually most of our customers are young professionals at this stage, um, buy art somewhere between $100 and $3,000. And so we do that through uh, in two ways. We have a program called Art Collecting School, which teaches you everything you need to know about buying art on a budget, um, specifically using online resources. So a lot is really changing in the art industry. You don't have to go door to door to brick and mortar galleries all the time anymore. There's a ton of art that's now online, but there's, that means that there's a whole new set of rules for how you buy art. So we have an art collecting school program, and then we also have an app that hunts the internet for art based on what you like. So that's Collecto. Now, Tara started this company while working at another company. So this is something that she started on the side. And I think that that is a lesson for all of us who are thinking of starting our own companies. If there's one thing we respect here at Entree Hustle, it's the side hustle. I built Collecto. Collecto started as my side project when I was working for Microsoft. I was actually living in Seattle at the time. And I found, I was got interested in art, and I found that the art buying process was totally misaligned with the way that I buy everything else. So like when, and particularly every other type of art. So if I want to find cool music, I might go to like Spotify or Pandora or SoundCloud and all of those sites have some sort of like recommendation engine built in that like recommend songs for me. Or if I want to like find a cool new indie film, I go to Netflix and like Netflix recommends content for me. And if I like, there's all sorts of like recommendation engines for like fashion and food and like any sort of like art category, if you want to call food good, you know, art. Um, there's a recommendation service for it. And I just was really frustrated as someone who was an art outsider, um, as someone who's an art out, I'm tongue tied, as someone who was an art outsider, I was just really frustrated that there was no easy way for me to like raise my hand and say, this is what I like, art come to me as opposed to me go to it. And so um, I built Collecto as my side project for that. Now, theoretically, if I wanted to be like Neil Caffrey, what sort of things would I want to know about my art and art tastes? Um, I think you have to consider um, a lot of important things. So like, do you care about prints versus originals? Like, is it really important to you that this be like an original painting? Or are you okay with something that's like a replica, but there's only like a small number of them, so it's still really exclusive? Or for example, uh, a lot of people when we talk to them about street art, we have lots of clients that like street art and like, do you care if sometimes street art can get a little racy? So like, do you care if it's like uh, adult subject matter or does it need to be family friendly subject matter because you've got to like put it on your wall with your family, right? Like there's tons of things like that. And so we ask people a bunch of like questions that really sort of gamify this process of how you learn what you like because most of the people we work with don't know yet. Gamify. 
That means that I don't need to know everything about art before I start the process. They're going to help me by asking small questions and allowing me to build my profile without even really realizing it. Tara talks about that right here. You build up this taste profile over time. So to start, we just need to know like budget and some basic, like do you like street art or abstract art or pop art, just like high level categories. And then we start showing you art based on those answers and you can, and then we'll ask you like a, a this or that, I call them this or that question. So like a binary question. So if you chose street art, we might ask you, you know, about that sort of subject matter. We might ask you uh, if you like abstract art, do you like geometric shapes or do you like like that like Pollock paint splatter kind of thing? And do you like abstract expressionism? And so you start like learning what these terms are and you start learning what you like and don't like. And then we'll we start hunting the internet for art based on those things. Now Collecto makes money because they have a free and paid art collecting school, but they also are taking a margin on the artwork sold. It's not a two-sided marketplace. They're not going out and finding galleries or finding artists and saying that they can be represented on the site or setting up some sort of partnership. What they're actually doing is scraping the web for publicly available art postings, art sales. And they're scraping the web. If you want to buy that, they then go to the gallery and say, we have someone who wants to purchase your art. And that puts them in a great position and it's also a lot easier, much simpler business for them to run. That is a great model. It's a great idea. Now, where do you go to find an idea like this? Oh, I'm not an artist. Um, so this is like, I got interested in art. I've, I've always been interested in art in some form. So not necessarily visual art that I hang on my walls. Um, I definitely consider myself an art outsider. Um, I have always, I used to be a dancer, I used to be a choreographer, so I've always been interested in art. Um, but I didn't get interested in visual art and having art in my home until after I graduated school. Um, and this is around the time where I was living in Seattle specifically, and I got interested in art and thinking about my home. There are so many interesting things to be taken from Tara's story. There's this thing that entrepreneurs say about scratching your own itch starting a company that solves a problem that you have. And, and Tara definitely does that, and she talks about that coming up here. But there's also this fear of stepping into new businesses, new industries, and not completely understanding the nuances. And Tara talks about becoming friends with people who run galleries and how she, she learned from them. And she learned because she was trying to improve her own space. I think these are all lessons we can take when we look at our lives, we analyze the problems that we have, how, how we can solve that problem, and maybe building a list of people we could go talk to who can help educate us about the industry. It really is a lot of great things to learn. When I was thinking about like, okay, how do I upgrade some of my key furniture and like think about my space in a different way? Um, and I started getting interested in art then, and I met some folks who owned galleries and really like took me under their wing and taught me a bunch of things. And then I realized too that there were these whole there was this whole new set of rules for online buying art online that it was hard to find information about. Um, and so I started just like I, my first customer was a friend from high school, and I found some professional art advisors who I had been working with, and I was the the original business was to pair. Uh, 
people, usually young professionals, with their own art advisor. And as we did that, we learned how to scale it by building this sort of like automated art matchmaking system, which is really what I think of Collecto as. We're like matchmakers for art. Um, and so it morphed into that. But when we started, I was just trying to solve my own problems of like, how do I navigate this art stuff? How do I learn what I like? And then how do I reconcile the fact that there are like thousands of sites out there with cool art? And how do I find the one piece or several pieces that I want? With those thousands of websites that sell art, and with me being an uneducated buyer, it's important that Collecto deciphers what kind of buyer I am. So we handle that by segmenting, like we live, part of our collecting school is helping people identify what type of art buyer they are. And so we've identified that there are about like five different types. Um, I think that like the persona that you're talking about, we call like the decorator. So like the primary focus is to like match your art with your space. That person has like a really different motivation than like the person who we call like the storyteller or the historian who like really just cares about like the context and the story behind an artwork. And that person is really different from like the person we call the socialite where like, and I often fall into this category too, right? Like I want to like show my friends that I have like cool stuff and it'd be like part of the conversation starter when people come over for drinks. Mm -hmm. And so like everybody's got a different motivation for buying art um, and for having any sort of like original cool thing in their home and so like what we do is we figure out and we help you figure out what type of art buyer you are and then we're able to sort of cater to that um, so if you're primarily looking at like colors and decoration like how does this fit with the aesthetic of my space um, we can totally do that um, but that's sort of a different conversation than we would have from with someone else Tara was scratching her own itch she got started by trying to solve her own problem and went to the people around her who could educate her about the problem in order to start building her website. Now, let's back up a little bit more. Where does Tara start? I, in college, was an obsessive interner, though, and so uh, I was trying a bunch of things. I initially thought that I wanted to work in, like, nonprofit um, and in, like, social justice law, and so I started doing that, um, and I was interning for the New York Urban League, um, and for the assemblyman's office and doing a lot of sort of like civic related stuff. Um, and then I ended up landing a job really randomly. I don't even know how this happened at a brokerage. So like in financial services, but it was in the legal department. I guess that's how it happened. I was interested in law and so it was in the legal department. Um, and what I learned in that internship was that I was having a ton of fun um, but it wasn't necessarily because I liked law and I liked that or financial services. It was because I liked strategy and I liked um, building processes. So I was doing a ton of, I would do like the legal work and I, that, that would get done. And then I'd be like, oh, but I have a couple ideas for how we can change this process. Mm -hmm. And I learned that that was called business process reengineering. And I learned that lots of people in other sort of sectors and particularly business do this sort of stuff. Um, and so that's how I realized I was interested in business, but I had always been really good at sort of um, uh, analysis and data analysis and that sort of thing and so I had um, that had come to my junior year of college and I had applied to a bunch of different internships but I thought that I was going to land in financial services again mm. um, I had a, a, a job offer for the summer at JP Morgan um, and I had was just about to accept and then last minute 
I got an offer. I actually had accepted. I had accepted. I had told JP Morgan, yes, I'm coming. Mm -hmm. And last minute, I got an offer to join an internal startup team at Google. So to go to um, Mountain View in California for the summer and intern at Google on this like in-house startup that they were building called Google Offers. Mm -hmm. um, and I say startup because uh, Google often like builds these like small projects. They've now like re- structured so that they can build these sorts of projects in a different kind of way. But um, Google Offers was positioned to be a competitor to Groupon, and Google was going to take this stab at this. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I don't know anything about tech, but like, let me just like take this leap and try this thing. And so I said, JP Morgan, sorry, I'm not going to come. Um, and I ended up going to Google for the summer, and I fell in love with tech. Um, so that's how I got stuck. Um, I ended up graduating a little bit early, so I went back to New York um, and I spent some time working at Foursquare um, for a little under a year. I was at Foursquare um, during that time between you know, being done with school and when the rest of my class graduated. Um, and then I moved to Seattle uh, to work at Microsoft. While Tara was at Google, she actually worked on something called Google Offers, which is a little awkward because I worked at a company that competed with Google Offers. This is weird. Yeah, so I worked as a business analyst on the Google Offers team. So I was specifically looking at uh, different markets where we were selling these daily deals and doing a bunch of analysis, but building a bunch of uh, modeling tools um, to figure out where, what sorts of, so I'll back up, Google Offers, think like Groupon in a lot of ways. So there were, the local pizza shop would do like a 50% you know, off coupon on like a pizza slice and a soda. And a bunch of different local businesses were doing this similar thing with Google Offers. And so I was doing a lot of analysis to figure out, well, what sorts of businesses do we go back to? What sorts of businesses sell well? What sorts of geographies and like zip codes perform the best in terms of where we're going to go back and redo Google Offers there? So I was doing a bunch of that, um, but I was building a ton of really interesting tools to figure that stuff out um, and I was doing a ton of work like digging into huge data sets in Excel um, but building these like widgets um, where someone could put in a zip code and put in a date range and then like a bunch of sort of cool analysis would pop up that would tell them um, what the performance looked like and what they should do moving forward mm -hmm. next month right in that same geography um, looking back, I think that that was probably like the beginning of me doing this, like building things without code. Um, just this, like getting really, for me, it like started and working in Excel a lot and like understanding this, if this, then that concept of an if statement in Excel, which I think like really drove a lot of the things I would do later. With one semester left of school, Tara started interning at Foursquare. If you don't remember Foursquare, you might remember going on Twitter and seeing Paulina checked into such and such coffee shop? Maybe you don't, I do. But it's a real startup. Google, she got to work on a small team, but Google is Google, it's huge. But she falls in love with working on a small team and she falls more in love with tech and she's more working with small businesses. These is the beginning of a lot of passions for Tara and learning a lot of talents. And then, she goes to work at Microsoft. How, that's another big, how did she end up at Microsoft? Uh, you want my honest answer? Always. They offer me a lot of money. 
Ain't nobody gonna argue with that. I mean, I so I look back at this decision, like if I'm gonna be really honest, I look back at this decision a lot um, and try to figure out like, was it good or was it bad? Tara was at Microsoft for two years and she learned a lot. She opened her eyes to a lot of things, but she still longed for that small team and that control over the process and control over the impact, the empowerment that comes from that. But again, like I, there's lots of stuff I would have missed if I hadn't had that opportunity. Um, lots of understandings about like how I want to manage or not manage my team. Um, and so like really, I think that I built my startup um, and which, by the way, when I started it, was not intended to be a startup. I'll tell that story in a moment. But it was not intended to be a startup. It was like a side project, right? So I built my side project out of that for two reasons. I think, one, I was getting interested in art, and I wanted to solve my own problem. But also, like, I really wanted to have a little bit more, like, autonomy and ability to be a maker and create. And I wasn't fully getting that at in my job, right? Um, and so, like, I had to carve out a space for myself to like be a maker. So Tara has a friend who talks to a former colleague who tells her about a pretty cool opportunity. Orbital was this co is this co-working space in New York and that there was going to be this Orbital boot camp program and this is going to be a program that was sort of like an accelerator but not like the traditional accelerators we think about. Like this was going to be like I call it I don't even know if they call it this but like a side project accelerator program. A side project accelerator program. That sounds like a dream, but there's a problem. And I thought, oh, this would be really fun, but it's in New York and I live in Seattle. Um... And I talked to my partner about it and she's like, well, what is the point of having this like cushy tech job if you can't like splurge a little bit and like make some room to, to, to do this sort of thing. So what does it look like to make some room to do this sort of thing? Well, the, the accelerator's on Monday. So being at a tech company, you can work a day every once in a while remotely. So on Monday, Tara flies from Seattle to New York. Then she works the day at the accelerator and takes her normal meetings. And then at the end of working there, she kind of does some of her work for Microsoft. The time lag does help a little bit, but let's be honest, that's crazy. Then Tuesday morning, she takes the first flight out and is gonna be back in the office at Microsoft, let's call it 9 a.m. Oh, I did that for, I think it was probably a couple months. At this point in the interview, Tara starts talking about lean startup principles. She actually spoke at a lean startup conference now, the lean startup principles are extremely powerful for new entrepreneurs. And I think they're very important for young entrepreneurs and non-technical entrepreneurs. So she packed so many wonderful things in here. We're actually going to turn it into a part two episode. Now, at this moment, we're going to jump to a point where she starts talking about Detroit. Remember, bouncing between Seattle to New York to Seattle and now also to Detroit. It's hard to keep track of, but here we go. I really love Detroit. So I was in Detroit a lot 
Um, during that time where I was like ping-ponging back and forth between Seattle and New York, I was also on top of that ping-ponging back and forth between Seattle and Detroit. Um, so, because my partner lives here. So my partner works for Microsoft, totally nerdy. We met at a Microsoft conference, totally goofy. Um, so I was going, we were both doing the back and forth. Um, and so when I left Microsoft, I didn't have sort of my like cushy tech job to like travel as much. And I had fallen in love with Detroit. My first visit here, I was like, I don't know about this place. Uh, but I think Detroit's one of those places where you have to have like a guided Someone has to like give you the guided tour. Um, it's very different from like New York, for example, where you like walk out on the street and like you like run into a ton of things that are cool. Like in Detroit, I think like a lot of the cool stuff is sort of hidden. Um, so like there may be this like cool speakeasy kind of bar that like you don't know about that like someone has to show you or like this cool community of people that are doing this like regular event that like you don't know about someone has to show you. I think you need like more of a guide in Detroit, which is cool. Like I think it's cool for that reason. Um, and I really fell in love with Detroit. And so it made total sense for me to, to come move here. Um, and I wanted to be here. And we are so happy that Tara is here as well, building her company in Detroit. I'm happy that our head hustler, Michael Drew, had some time to sit down with Tara, and I'm so very excited for the part two. We are gonna cut this interview here, uh, but our next episode is gonna be Tara Reed, and we're gonna dig into the lean startup principles on a deeper level. We are gonna talk about being a woman entrepreneur and we're going to talk about where Collecto is now. You are not going to want to miss it. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Entree Hustle. Please join us for the next episode, the part two of Tara Reed from Collecto. This has been Entree Hustle, a podcast about startups. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, I wanted to start a company. Not just any company, a tech company. By the way, not a technical co-founder. So, what did I do? I had to go find people who could help me with my technical project. Now, programming is the closest thing that I've ever seen to black magic. Wanna be a part of it? Can't be a part of it? Don't know how. Now, this is it. Go to entrehustle.com treehouse and you can learn to program just like the pros. You can be a part of the cool crew in the corner that is doing their black magic thing and churning out beautiful products regularly. Now, if you just wanna learn the basics so that you can speak the language, Treehouse is a good place for you. If you wanna become a talented programmer, if you want that to be the beginning of your project or your startup, Treehouse is a good place for you. You can go to entrehustle.com treehouse to get a free trial offer. This means that you get to learn projects with access to over a thousand videos. A thousand, you can't even watch that many, but literally over a thousand. Now, you can also get help in their members only forums. That's the real treat there. Now, if you wanna be a part of the Cool Kids crew, go to entrehustle.com slash treehouse. I drink coffee maybe like once or twice a week. I once heard our head hustler, Michael Drew, say that he doesn't actually trust people who don't drink coffee every day. Now, in the spirit of full disclosure, I stand with Tara Reed as someone who only drinks coffee once a week. Be proud.